Acting is a gift. It is something that you have or you don't. But someone that's an actor or someone that has that gift, quite frankly, it shows even when you didn't have training. For fuck's sake, a theater podcast, aka 4FS Podcast, hosted by Aaron Salazar. All right, here we go. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome back to 4FS Podcast, a.k.a. For Fuck's Sake, a theater podcast hosted by Aaron Salazar. That is I. I'm so thrilled that you came back to join us for part two of this in-depth conversation with the brilliant and talented Elle Morgan Lee. If you don't know, we give her full bio in part one. So my suggestion is you go back, learn more about this brilliant woman, get into act one of this opera, and then jump over to act two. All right, so without further ado, part two of my conversation with the brilliant, talented 4FS podcast July guest co-host, L. Morgan Lee. Okay, so we're going to continue this conversation. One of our esteemed, finally locked her in, uh, (laughs) L. Morgan Lee. Uh, just for all of you as a backstory, I've been like this probably, probably for like three to six months. Just like, uh, hey, what do you, wait, what no, do you, you haven't? No, no, it's not true. No, oh. but like in my mind, I, I kept I was calling, like, oh my god, no, 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 not to you. But it's been so funny because everyone, I'm like, oh, I need to get, I need to get El Morgan on. I need to get El Morgan on the show. I need to get El, I, I, I wanted you on here for so long. So it's just funny. It's like, it's, I was thinking that when you were talking earlier, I was like, it's finally happened. Like um, so I'm very satisfied as a producer, and I hope you are too, dear listeners. Okay, My so listeners, I hope that it's living up to that, dear <laughs> listeners. That's right. Listen, Way for to add worth, the pressure. all of you that are listening, I don't know why you do in the sense that, like, but I will say that I can tell you from analytics, there's a crew of you that always tune in, and and for all of you doing that, yo, thank you, like so much, and. Thank you. Also, drop drop us a DM. If you ever want to ask a question, if you if you hit up at the right time, I'll get that in there. I mean, not that it's like a segment, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what's up. Okay, so um, getting emotional, talking about life, and talking about being acknowledged. Exactly right. So, you know, I think there's also something coming on with this. You called it, did you call it a time of reckoning? Is yeah. that what you referred to? Yeah. In this time of reckoning, right? Where I mean, I I only use that terminology just, I mean, me saying time of reckoning is actually like sideways, a little bit of a commentary on that word as well, but it is indeed, it is, it is an, it is a reckoning. I would rather say it's a time of, it's a time of awakening. Yes. um, Just because I feel like reckoning makes it sound like here comes the judge on high to pound. And I feel like this is more a moment where eyes are opening and people are starting to like, breathe a little bit more and see the light more clearly. So I'd rather refer to it, which I probably should start doing more actively. It's the time of awakening. I have I have been using a similar analogy. Something that like I feel like people are finally waking up. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Well it's interesting because let's be real and 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 you know again the thing we're most qualified to talk about is how this affects our lives within our 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 art and our work, right? And so because we actually were quite literally grounded <laughs> We all paused and we're just like blink, blink, like penguins without an iceberg. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like, and I think that that's 
when weirdly we all started to wake up from our own little imaginary world. Absolutely. You know, because I, I say this over and over and over and over again, but it's like, you know, we we work in a industry that's about make-believe. And, you know, so, you know, much like Tinkerbell, if, if, if we don't clap and believe, that shit dies. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just so like in order for us to all believe, like whether I'm the one creating the material as a director and a producer, I have to really believe, you know what I mean? Yeah. In this like fictitious thing that I'm coming up with and think, okay, I believe, I believe. And now I got to make all of you believe. And then you, as an actress, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, you know? And then all of a sudden it was all voof. And then we're, we're, I mean, uh, sorry to say it. Uh, no, I'm not sorry to say it, but then, you know, we're engulfed in death. Do you know what right. I mean? Yeah. And literally. we're like, we're like, yo, what? Like, uh, y- and, and I think that's really what it was. We had to wake up, you know? And then mm. as, and, and with the horrors of what was happening to to the black community during this fucking time it was always happening it's just that finally everyone was sitting down Mm -hmm. you know because let's be real the way the human brain processes information when something's horrifying even if you have empathy for it it's very very hard to digest yeah that's not an excuse but like we finally were sitting and we're like, oh my God, I can't, there's nothing to distract me. What? Am I going to go to work? No. What are you going to do? You're going to go work out? No. You're going to go for a walk? Well, as of right now, we think the air is poisoned. Right. So. right. Do, you, do you know what I'm saying? So it's like we, everyone fucking sat and we're, we're forced mm-hmm. to acknowledge what was happening. And so... That leading into the acknowledgement of all the issues within the industry, which I really think started on the movie end of things with everyone coming out with Me Too mm-hmm. on a certain level. Sure, sure. In, in terms of people finally having the, having the courage, the courage to stand up and mm-hmm. not be worried about losing a job. Mm-hmm. The car, it's like the car was starting, the keys were turning for, the, for the, one of the first times in a while. Right. And all were coming up. Right. And and going into, you know... Or publicly, rather. Commas, conversations were happening more openly. Because the thing is, these things have been talked about in, you know, private rooms or private situations. But 100%. people started to say, you know what? No, 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 no. We need to talk about this. Correct. And then it all got shut down and the article never came out for us. <clears throat> Still waiting on that article. If you know, you know, as the kids say. <laughs> so coming full circle to this, the acknowledging of just, I, I think it's like this. I'm, I'm having the situation, not the situation. So like, um, you know, it's sort of like if you become detente from your family mm-hmm. or, or, you know, like you blood relatives. Are de- yeah, it's a great word. I just, detente. I don't know. I'm, I, I detente. Um, if you become like detente from, that actually would be a great drag name too. Welcome to the stage, <laughs> detente. You're take it, take that right now. Anyone who's an aspiring drag performer, you are allowed, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome to the stage, detente. Um, it's yours. So, you know. If if you're if you're if you're if you're detente from from blood relatives, it's always the most difficult thing, right? Because the weird thing with blood relatives is that like you can even want to punch them in the face, but you just love them, so it's very difficult, right? Mm-hmm. It's just impossible. It's mm-hmm. an impossible situation, which is why all the stories are about it, right? Mm-hmm. 
but you know, you can have that moment and then finally show the fuck up, both of you, right? And actually, what the gap is that was that time of of lack of communication doesn't matter. Where you don't have to fill it in. You both just have to meet each other right at the point that you're at. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's where we're at is trying. I think it's important, God willing, for all of us as humans, let alone in the arts, we have to just meet each other now where we are. Absolutely. I like 4,000% agree with you. I think that's the problem. That's one of the problems. Um, It's one of the things I feel like the car keeps starting. Um, the car keeps starting and the the processes of getting towards change keep going. But the minute people decide that they don't need to meet someone where they are, the foot are on the the foot goes on the brake. Everything stops. It's like immediately there's it, it's it's it it prevents us from actually moving forward when you don't meet people where they are because the because if you don't do that, you're gonna start coming off as sounding really condescending or you're gonna start preaching at people. And nobody wants to, it's like I certainly don't like to be preached at. Um, so it's like nobody wants to people are not gonna be as open to learning unless their guards are down. So when they know that you are there meeting, meeting them where they are and where you are it's a lot more likely that they will actually listen to you. A million, zillion, trillion percent. And it is very important to allow people the space and the agency Mm. to fail. Like, it's part of the process. Yeah. It's part of the process. We (laughs) have to be allowed to fail. And you did. It's like we do too. Like it's like that's the thing is that we don't give we don't give other people the grace that we ask for or that we wish that we had. Yes. (laughs) So much about this, like that's what's it's so much about all of this for for me has been about it's about like self-reflection just as much as it's about anyone else. It's like all of these, all all of these people telling everyone else how to respond or how to behave, or how it's like it just makes me go, "What? Well, how would you feel about the things that you don't understand?" Because we all have areas where we can grow. We all have blind spots. So, how would you want people to handle you in that conversation or in that moment? And I would hope, and I've said before, I'm like, I really hope that people give you more grace than you're giving them. Yes. 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 And safe environments. Yeah. Which is going to Courtney and Devon in that yeah. conversation, giving the grace that they're asking for. Absolutely. To their guest. And that's why she felt safe. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I kept saying more of this. I was just like more, more and more of this because where the energy that was in that conversation. If I like, and look, I understand that we're in a period where people are really passionate and really upset about so many things. And so it, we're fucking theater people. I yes, mean, it's like, exactly. It's like fire you know, all over. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's fire and brimstone on a good day. You know what I mean? No, like, but yeah. like, it's, it's, if we had had more people where they are today a year ago, I can only imagine where we would be right now this a year later. So I'm exci- I'm excited that we are where we are now to see where we're going to be at this point next year. Yes. And I and I, one thing I'm learning is one step at a time. <laughs> one step at a time and <sighs> there are going to be disappointments Absolutely. but you cannot it for me I cannot let that ground me. Meaning like, that's it, I'm done. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. 
And I think something that that's been paramount on the journey so far in this last chapter, right, is also just allowing yourself. And Morgan Siobhan Green, you know, ah. who we all fuck. Oh my god, Jesus Christ! Let's just let's take a moment, right. shall we? Uh, so you know, Morgan was on here, you know, and I got her for four episodes, and she said, "What did she say?" She oh, she talked about like the Ministry of Naps <laughs> and how like she's like I'm getting into napping. And I was like, oh shit. And just, you know, allowing yourself as as our heads are going and there's so much uncertainty, the grace to also be like, I'm I'm gonna lay down. Even if it's 12:30 in the afternoon, it doesn't mean I'm I'm giving up for the day, but I think I need like a half hour. Mm-hmm. Like give me, I need a minute. The I magic need a minute. of self-care. Yeah, you know, and not self-care in the way that's sort of like, listen, let's be real. I'm guilty of this shit, too. Like, when you're ordering $40 of DoorDash a night when you're broke, (laughs) that is not self-care. You know what I mean? Don't get it twisted. Bitch, if you have not, if you don't have your rent in the bank and you spend $74 at Kiehl's, that is not the gig. Like... All, that's what Uncle Aaron is saying to you, okay? Like that—that's—that's that's what I'm going to say. Like, you know, we get it confused with with overspending sometimes, and that's not really what it's about. I actually, to be honest with you, I actually still don't really know what it's about, but I do know that like there's a confusion there. Um, that has also been, you know, as it is, you know, turned into commerce because that's mm-hmm. everything. But you know what? What I'm really glad this this first conversation is turning into, and it probably will end up being the title, is allowing grace. You know, mm-hmm. and you know, in a lot of ways, that kind of almost sounds like a little bit of like a religiony, Christiany thing. Which, to be clear to oh, everyone, that's that's the, I don't think of grace at all that way. I guess it it can be, but it's I don't think of it at all that way. Well, I mean, don't even get me started about. Ugh. Anyway, so uh, mm, I think that we are moving in the right direction. Yeah, I really do. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be rough, and then all of us will look back on this as old bitty bitties really ones and be like I was there in the beginning of men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you damn kids you know and also I think something that I'm realizing as a content creator it's going to take a minute for these people to want to accept content that's actually about stuff <laughs> it's, it's going like to take a minute the magic is like finding ways to creep it in there it's like finding ways to slip it under the under the guise of something else, where that lesson is learned in a way that doesn't, that they didn't even realize they, they learned something new. It's completely unassuming. Uh-huh. It's a one-two punch. Well, it's like why we love musical theater. Let's uh-huh. say, did everyone finally wake up and like, oh, oh, wait, oh, Aaron's still talking? Like musical theater, when it's good, which I'm going to say for the record, it's generally bad. Like, I think it's fair to say, like, it, it, it's like everything. If you go on Netflix, there's a million fucking things to watch. <laughs> but out of those thousand things you could probably watch, I don't know, let's say 10% of it's good, right? And, you know, you know musical theater is no exception. And so, but like, when it's good, it's interesting how that idiom, because of everything that comes together, music, emotion, a, a good book, which is really hard to do, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, leads who can fucking act. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, that is a read. That's if it sounded like a read, it is a fucking read. And that actually is on the producers. Like, have someone who can fucking do copy.
Hi, this is Aaron, your host and producer of the show. So there's a lot happening right now in the world. And rather than take a moment to have a commercial, I thought it would be nice for us to take a moment and recalibrate. How does that sound? Excellent. Okay, so get comfortable, and we're going to take a deep breath in, and a deep breath out. Deep breath in, and just let it out. All right. Now close your eyes and breathe normally. Perfect. I hope you feel a little better now. And just remember, you are perfect. And you are loved. Okay. Let's get back to the show. You know why Audrey McDonald is brilliant outside of the fact that she is a goddess of talent? Is because she's a fucking actress, actor, however she identifies. Well, because the story is first to her. The exact thing is like, if the story is not first, then why aren't you doing musical theater? (laughs) I can say this to you as working in a very famous cabaret space. There are so many fucking good singers. It's not interesting. Let that... I, I want that to actually sit in the room, everyone, if whoever's listening, as I look at the imaginary audience in my oh, mind. Oh, gosh, I have to tell you that. Oh, uh, what can I, I guess I can tell you that because this wouldn't be, I would say I'm, I'm going to be in that, in that cabaret space. Soon. Yes. <laughs> All right. Exactly. But the one thing I observed that was fascinating to me in the musical theater world was I'm like, wow, there are a lot of good singers. Sure. There were very few people that you were like, oh, because something happened. A- and it was because they were telling the story first. Mm-hmm. 
But when it's a gift, acting is a gift. Just it like, is a gift. Just like just like dance is, just like singing is, just like I, and it it irks me so much when oh I don't want to go off on this tangent, but it but it but it like it irks me because I think that people disregard it as that because we see so many examples of people who are just memorizing lines and kind of just throwing something together, and we see lots of edited versions of things. We look at television so often, and we see a really wonderful job in an editing room as opposed to a person who actually knew how to handle text. Um, it just makes me feel really like elitist talking about this sort of a thing. But like, but it's, it's just one of those things where I, I feel like people just go, oh, well, uh, for me, this comes from a place also of I, I, do, I do photography as well. And so I, I have. I did not know that. And I've, I've, I mean, it's, it's starting to fade out of the mix of things. But I do do photography as well. I guess I, I will always probably take portraits of some sort, but I won't always um, do like headshots, for instance. So like, so like Correct. headshots. Um, I have years of time of people being in front of me saying like, you know, uh, you know, I was just, uh, people have said to me, you know, you look like an actor. So I was like, you know, I could do that. I could do that. I could do some acting. So I thought I'd get myself some headshots and get into class and like, let's just see how it goes. It's going to be great. And I'm looking at this person going, I'm not even engaged with you sitting two feet away from me right now. So like, am I going to be interested in you telling me a story? And it's really upsetting to me that you just really devalue something that I've put my heart into for so many years. Like you really just completely devalue it. And I'm like, I really do feel like acting is a gift. It is something that you have or you don't. You can, there is, you know, someone can, someone can help you to mold the vessel that you have to be able to tell the story in the most effective way that you are capable of. But someone that's an actor or someone that has that gift Quite frankly, it shows even when you didn't have training. You are still engaging. There's something there that connects you with the person across from you or with an audience around you. That is a gift. And I feel like when we undervalue it, it just, I don't know, it just, it, it's just, it's one of my pet peeves when people speak about acting as if it's just a thing. And so for musical theater, because we have the 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 accessories of, of well, and, and, and the cult. And they're necessary accessories, but they right. are and also the collegiate system kind of telling anyone they can do it right. for money. Right. I mean, I, I, I it, it is what it is, right? Right. It's like we have we have song, we have dance that are added into these things, and then we have this situation where we go, let's let's do it, let's put them all together, and then it becomes, to some degree, it seems like it's almost like it, it's 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 upsetting because as a musical theater actor, and I say that. I use that terminology because that's where people who do musicals are placed. Um, and it becomes, people don't expect you to be able to do plays. And it's like, well, well, wait a minute, but but I'm an actor. <laughs> and like, and for me, actually, the older I get, the more interested in plays I actually am. And actually, the less interested I am in musicals because I feel a very different kind of satisfaction in my soul from plays than I do from musicals. Um, unless, like you said, unless the musical has a solid book and is just good, because and it's, it's a, I want yes. a steak on my plate. I'm not. I I don't want yes. to come in and have a plate full of confetti. Like I I want there to be something there to to satiate, something there to like get into my system. Yes, yes, yes. And to your point of finding ways to sort of like one two, uh, you know, sneaky deaky. Uh, the message, 
Oh, sneak the message yeah, to the uh-huh. audience, right? Like put it, you know, like make it a Monte Crisco and fry it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, oh, no, trust me, what's in the middle is really good. Um, uh, we'll just that, get a that, we'll just get a splendid singer to just <laughs> cover right. it all up. <laughs> but that's what's so interesting with musicals and why I think people are do become enamored with them because when that happens and that little message actually comes through mm-hmm. and it's attached to music and a beautiful voice oh and God. a good a good acting talent and then dancing there's just nothing there's nothing Absolutely. like it yeah, it's yeah. so transcending it's yeah. just like and what's Full fascinating and what's fascinating though is like what made me move out of musical theater was i realized what i was chasing as a as a director i wasn't going to find in thoroughly modern millie even though that's a very good show do you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and like while i i would find myself so fascinated in drawing out these moments of authenticity i realized the moment of authenticity wasn't satisfying to me as an exploration. I wanted the whole thing to be about authenticity. Yeah. And not to say that that can't happen, but that's sort of where my roots in it, I I realized, oh, I'm not going to find it here. I think I'll find it eventually, and I'd love mm-hmm. to develop something, right? Mm-hmm. And give it a try, you know? It's hard. And, it's, but it's okay. very, very difficult. Yes, it's very difficult. There's so many camps, right? Well, it's hard. It's also hard because... Because in order for people to be 100% satisfied, well, you're never going to satisfy everyone, but in order for people to be mostly satisfied, I feel like with musicals, you have to come to the table. Number one, the music is first for people. So like the music has to be... Yes, yes, yes. yes. Has to stick with you. So then that means that the person performing that music has to stick with you. So people go, unless you're a good singer you don't need to do musicals. And like for me, that's actually, and it's funny because I am someone who is like very much a singer, but but for me, I'm like, I prefer a bad singer who can act their pants off almost any day depending on the score and what the story is. So like if I go and see a cabaret, um, look, I saw Gina Gershon in Cabaret on Broadway. And I like, <laughs> oh, I mean, like just, I mean, girl can't sing to save her life. But, no. then, but then I left going, I don't want Sally to be a singer anymore. Because I was so taken by what she did in that show. And I was like, I i mean, it was like actually awful singing. And like something about that to me, it it showed me a new version of Cabaret. It gave me this idea that like, now I kind of want my Sallys to not be great singers and not yes. be great musicians. But then, yes. but then in Cabaret to come and tear the house down. So for you to realize yes. that the actor made a, made a choice. To not be good, and so, and that that choice was to this is what this is what Sally's reality is that she's not very talented. But in that moment in Cabaret, when she gets lost in herself, you start to see this idealized version of what Sally hears in her head. Exactly, and she's like this expat who's like working in this like you know this dingy. I mean, granted, it's popular, yeah. but like you know, it's like you know this little like mar, mar, you know what I mean. She's probably making you know pennies, yeah, yeah, you know. And it's so it's, it's, so it's like well, yeah, she probably wouldn't be the best. And actually, you know, the very first uh, Sally Jill 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 something. I think I might, correct me if I'm wrong, dear listeners, but she wasn't a singer either because like you know. It, you know, the person who really changed that around was Liza. Well, Liza comes Because down. Liza also is just one of the rare people who was the singer she was and a really Ooh. good actress. 
holy shit, right? Like, she can do whatever she wants. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. It's a goddamn legend. Okay. Oh, but look at look at her. But look at her life. Like, like, like Liza. This is look, this is what I feel like. I feel like some of the people that I think are the most interesting musical theater in particular performers. I don't know. I'm like, like, I'd love to, I'd love to sit across from them. I'd love to have a conversation, but I don't know that I could be around them very long because I feel like <laughs> musical theater people are a quirky bunch. And I think that the people who are sort of the, at the top of their game and the most talented are particularly quirky. And there, yeah. it's like, there has to be something that makes you just off enough that yeah. like, that people probably can't deal with like a long, like an extended version of you without really knowing you. Um, Listen, yes, yes. A million percent. Yes. And, uh, there's a little crazy. Well, let's be real. Which, it's which very, I want to be there quite frankly. Correct. And like, what? but you know, like, let's be real. Like these icons and legends that we know, um, you know, to devote your life to the stage is a really intense thing. Mm -hmm. And I thought about that, like, when I saw Bernadette in Dolly, I didn't Oof. get to see Bette do it. It was fucking amazing, right? Um, I saw Donna. Oh! Mm -hmm. You just heard me get theater <laughs> gay. Oh my God, Donna Murphy. Um, so, but, you know, going to Bernadette, uh, and I, I bet Donna actually, because she's talking about a fucking you know an actor, actress, however she identifies. Um, uh, Bernadette, though, when she came out, obviously it's all set up to be the star and the beloved, right? Yeah. But what was so interesting, I I was taken aback by my reaction. We were, you know, sardines. You know, you know how that shit is there. No, That's, see, they're yeah. so small. They oh are. my god, they're so fucking small. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, we, good seats, mezzanine, everything's going great, right? Anyway. She came out, and when I tell you, I lost my mind. And, like, the whole audience lost their mind. <sighs> and she stood there looking at everyone, and you could, it was just like, <laughs> it must have been really nice, because you give your life to this, right? And I, I, I would imagine you think to yourself, does anyone even care? Oof. You know what I mean? That's true. Yeah, yeah, does yeah. Does anyone care? Mm -hmm. And here was everyone being like, we love you. Mm -hmm. You you know, and that's there's some that's where theater people are very different humans. Yeah. yeah. Because everything we do is gone after we're finished. Yeah. You know, and like, you know, I think a lot of reasons people in the arts were chasing something is because we want to be remembered. Mm. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Whatever that thing is we're trying to put into the universe is weirdly selfless on a good day because it doesn't exist outside of its time. Yeah. It's just gone. Like, yeah, you can make a fucking cast album. You can, you know, somebody you can, can make, somebody can record You can it. record it for posterity, sure. but it's not the it's fucking the same. same. Yeah. If you're not in the room. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so uh, to, to wrap this initial conversation up, I think what's been great about this conversation is I just hope people realize with all the different, marginalized, I put this in quotations, only because I also feel like we have to get to a point where that isn't the truth and mm -hmm. we're not othering people, right? Mm -hmm. The people who are not getting the breaks and it's just facts, right? Like it's, that's what was so heartbreaking. Yeah. Is that actually seeing, dare I say, the receipts and the percentages, it was like, fuck man, this is a crisis. Like it's really bad. Like we knew, but then like when you were looking at the breakdowns, you're like, right. 
shit, like this is bad. This is really bad. Like we got to fix this shit, right? Everything is only going to get better when you just allow everyone to fucking be seen mm-hmm. and just be alive. Like that's all it is. But that's that's complicated, but that's all I think any of us just are trying to do. It's like, am I can I live too? Mm-hmm. I think the pain comes from the notion that you aren't allotted the opportunity to just live. Yeah. Yeah. And as a result, it's like our business has the potential to actually change the world. Because if, yes. if you allowed, if, if, if the powers that be allowed in a, a truly inclusive and, and diverse, these words that make me roll my eyes right now, but, but, if, <laughs> but if, we, if we truly had like, if the world that we saw every day was actually reflected in the work that we do on a large platform on a more mainstream platform where everyone in the world was getting to view it somehow, um, if Broadway was that way, if TV film was that way, if everyone was truly showing the world as we know it, everyone would also feel seen. And so as a result, people would know that it is possible to be loved. It is possible to have a, you know, to, to be successful, to be a doctor, to be this. It is, it is possible for, you know, the people that you thought were the superior group to be poor and have no education. It is possible to have all of these things around us. And if they saw that, it makes you live differently. It makes you. It makes your children live differently. If they, if a kid grows up seeing themselves as the president of the United States, they know it's possible. So it's like this is. If we don't see that, however, then it keeps that sort of cork on top of us. It keeps that. It keeps us muted. It keeps us dulled down. And so I think that what's been beautiful about the awakening is that it has um, put a fire under people to to. Make noise and yes. to 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 cry out for the scope to look a little bit more like the one that we all see every day. Yes. Al Morgan Lee, dear listeners, that is part two of this in-depth four-part conversation we're having with the brilliant and luminous L. Morgan Lee. So please continue joining us in this conversation. We'd love it if you took a moment to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and use your thumbs and show us some love. Check us out at 4FS underscore podcast on Instagram and we'll go from there. If you'd like to know more about me, check me out at Director Salazar on Instagram as well and Twitter and all that good stuff, but I'm mainly on the IG. So we hope to see you next time. Until then, be healthy, be actionable, and most importantly, be authentic. Much love. For Fuck's Sake Podcast is brought to you by Alvarez Kiko Salazar Productions. Original music by Manuel Paleo and Giancarlo Bonfanti. Produced and engineered by Aaron Salazar. Recorded in New York City.